Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome back. Thanks for joining us. We have a sensational topic today picked by listener Matt from Boston. Today's episode, it's all about Sherry Martell. This lady, Hall of Fame career inside the ring. Multiple world champion in AWA and WWE. And then transitions to become one of the most dynamic valets and managers of the golden era into that early 90s. She helped guide the on-screen career of Hall of Famers such as Macho Man Randy Savage, Shawn Michaels, Ted DiBiase, Ric Flair, the Harlem Heat, and the list goes on and on. Today, we share our favorite memories and moments as we talk about the career of Sherry Martell. My name is Jumpin' Jay. This is 80s Wrestling, the podcast. And as always, I sit across from my tag team partner. Don't call him scary. He's the sensational Tommy Fierro. Tommy, good morning, sir. Glad to talk to you. And before we jump into the topic, I need to know. Rumors around the internet tell me there was an interesting transaction that took place at the last ISPW uh, show of 2023. So fill me in, sir. How are you doing? And give us the breakdown. What went on at that ISPW show? Well, first of all, Jumpin' Jake, good morning. How are you today? I'm doing so good. I'm excited for this topic, my friend. Yes, me as well. And uh, like I said earlier, uh, last week rather, when we were talking about this upcoming episode with Sherry Martell, I'm going to talk about my personal experiences working with her i had her at two conventions in the past and also actually went out to dinner with her and a bar to see a band following that when i was down at nwa legends fan fest a while back so i'll talk about that later in the episode as well how cool she was uh to hang out with uh but yes i want to talk about this past friday's ispw show the last ispw show of 2023 and uh, yeah, there was a big transaction, Jumpin' Jay. I know, I know, five hundred thousand dollars to you is chump change <laughs> because I know how much money you have. But for most of us common folk, a half a million dollars is a lot of money. So this past Friday night uh, at ISPW, uh, leading up to that show, we had made mention that the winner, Andy Weinberg. I know you absolutely love Andy, Jay. Love He's him. one of your favorites the real-life son of WWE Hall of Famer Nikolai Volkov made his return to ISPW. And you know, leading up to the show, the speculation was, who is he going to announce as his new client? Well, sure enough, at the end of the Ray Kalitri-Rick Recon match, uh, Andy Weinberg comes out, gets on the mic, says he's been, for the last year, scouting talent in ISPW while he hasn't been there and decided that he wanted Ray Kalitri. Now, obviously, everyone knows that Ray Kalitri is managed by the manager of champions, Dave LaGreca, and he goes on to offer LaGreca $100,000, $200,000, and finally, uh, Andy Weimer says, I will give you a half a million dollars to retain the services of the international shining star, Ray Kalitri, and uh, he is now uh, Ray Kalitri's new manager. Very excited for the new pairing. Uh, Andy is absolutely fantastic. I am such a major fan of his, as I know you are as well, Jay. And it just puts a big monkey wrench into all the plans now for ISPW leading into 2024. Now, I want to make mention now, I know you were at 80s Wrestling Con 
this past May, Jay. Now, uh, Ray Cleetry won the Golden Ticket uh, Battle Royal, where you get an opportunity to cash in your Golden Ticket at any time you want. Now, that show was on May the 6th of this year, so that's the calendar. I'll put it on the ISW social media later as well, just so everyone knows. Uh, Ray has until May 6th to cash in his golden ticket. Uh, if, if, if you think about this, Jay, May 4th, two days prior, is 80s WrestleCon, which would be the one-year anniversary. So it, I'm very curious to see when he plans to cash in. He, he has tried several times uh, over the past few months, but it gets cut off or he, you know, he goes back to the back. Uh, but it, all, all, you know, all joking aside and everything, I, I want to say that uh, Ray is a really special talent, and uh, and I'm really excited to see him now with Andy. And I know that you know a little about Kalitri. You, you've seen him a couple times, Jay, and also on the ISW's um, YouTube page. But I know you know a lot, and you're excited uh, that Andy's back. With pretty cool pairing, don't you think? That's a fantastic pairing. And, uh, yeah, Andy Weinberg is one of those guys. We always talk about those old-school managers that are missing from today's WWE product on television, and he is exactly that guy. It's like you could put him in a time capsule, transport him back to the 1980s, and he would fit in perfectly with Bobby the Brain Heenan, Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart. He's kind of that guy. And so anytime he's involved in anything to do with ISPW, it's exciting and it's must see entertainment. And so I'm thrilled uh, that he's back. And the fact that he purchased that contract for a cool half a mil, what a baller move. I'm excited to see where this leads for ISPW. Yeah, man. And, and, and you can follow along the story on all forms of ISPW social media. It's ISPW wrestling. And then also on YouTube, ISPW wrestling. And speaking of Kalitri, he's going to be in a big match. Uh, for the next ISW show we have on Saturday evening, January the 20th, we return to Barnegat High School in Barnegat, New Jersey. Ray will be defending his ISW trice with, uh, with Andy and Soraya in this corner against Red Hot Casey Navarro. So that's going to be a big match to kick off 2024 for ISW. And that match also, that show will also be, uh, headlined by an ISPW heavyweight title match with champion Crowbar putting the title on the line against the Phoenix GKM and the now defend the ISPW tag team titles against Sent to Slaughter. All this and much more. And head over to ISWWrestling.com for more information. But that's enough about ISPW. We're here to talk about Sensational Sherry. I know the phone lines are lighting up. Chuck and Jay wanting to share their favorite memories of one of the greatest of all time yeah there's a lot to unpack when you talk about sherry martell whether it be her in-ring career her career as a manager some of the other fun stuff she got to do being involved in you know the theme music for uh, hbk Shawn michaels and so there's just so much that she contributed to the world of wrestling especially the time when we were growing up really diving into it really getting a hold of it and letting it get a hold of us and so i'm excited to see what the listeners have to share about their favorite memories, moments, highlights from the career of sensational uh, Sherry Martell. We're going to start it off by visiting the West Coast. Well, I'm sure the sun is shining and temperatures are already on the rise this early morning. It's time to connect 
with Babyface Brian. Brian, good morning, sir. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Jay. Good morning, Tommy. Um, I'm excited to hear about Andy Weinberg coming back to SPW. Uh, would love to be there in May if I can try and make it happen. But, uh, yeah, I, I got to uh, give him a, a LJN uh, Nikolai Volkov that I painted, and he, he, he was kind for that little bit and then got right back to the uh, uh, heel manager bastard that he's so good at portraying in the ring that night. So I had to, I had to turn on him and, and do him that night, which was awesome. So I'm glad he's back in the, in the fold at ISPW. And, and I, awesome. I do want to say, yeah, totally. And I, I want to say there's uh there are some, before I talk about Sherry real quick, there's some birthdays today. Ravishing Rick Rude would have been 65. He passed at 40. Um, Mr. Hughes, who I saw at uh, 80s Wrestling Con, is 59 today. Uh, John Moxley is 38. And uh, someone who I don't think is going to be able to call today, um, Toto Tom gave us uh, a little heads up that uh, it may or may not be Firefighter Brian's birthday. So happy fi- birthday to Firefighter Brian when he gets on uh, on the show if he talks today. Um, yeah, I, yeah well, we'll totally. Do a special celebration for him. Awesome. And so uh, I'll keep it short and sweet with Sherry. I'll just say that it was pretty pretty cool to see the uh, woman who'd been on top of AWA women's wrestling for uh, she had three title reigns, but mm-hmm. she held it for for 13 months from 86 to 87. And the only reason she dropped it in 87 is so she could go hold the uh, WWF women's title for 15 months, um, July of 87 to October of 88. And they kind of, you know, it was cool to see her be the one that uh, dethroned Mula. I know Mula had uh, uh, lost it before that, but you know, re regained it. And uh, it, it's just neat that Sherry's the one that did it because she was probably, um, you know, Miss Elizabeth's the first great lady of wrestling, but there was no lady more well-rounded and talented than Sherry in the WWF in the golden era. She, uh, you know, she carried the, the women's division as far as wrestling for that 15 months that she had. And when they kind of shut it down in, in 1990, she had already established herself as an even bigger presence in the managerial uh, sense. So her was savage. Uh, that was my favorite memory is Queen Sherry and King, King mm. Macho Man, King Macho King Randy Savage. But, uh, but yeah, I, I feel like that was, I feel like she shined even better in that role as a manager and a presence on that side of the business than she did as a wrestler. So I feel bad that she didn't get to, uh, have a, a longer and, and better career as a wrestler. I think if she'd been in a different era, uh, she could have been just as big a star. But uh, I'm glad that she gave us what she did entertainment-wise for all those years as a manager and thought that's that's where we really got the best benefit of her presence. So um, anyway, I, I do thank you guys for always letting me on here talking and uh, want to wish you a great weekend and uh, a great rest of the show. Look forward to hearing Tommy's stories about uh, his interactions with Sherry in particular. I've heard she was a wonderful person that uh, everybody who knew her loved her. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, hey, Brian, before guys. I let you go, I got a question, and this yeah. is for you too, Tommy. As, as Brian was talking about how she had this amazing in-ring career, but then she transitioned and maybe had an even bigger managerial valet career. Certainly when I was watching wrestling, that's the role when I picture 
Sherry Martell. I picture her in that role as a manager alongside the Macho King, alongside Shawn Michaels, Ted DiBiase. Now, in the golden era, we had a couple of wrestlers who had great in-ring careers transition to be managers. I'm probably going to leave some out, but off the top of my head, I'm thinking of guys like Mr. Fuji. I'm thinking about guys like Freddie Blassie and, of course, Sherry Martell. Do you guys think, who do you guys think is the best at transitioning from their in-ring career to be going on becoming one of the most memorable managers? Is Sherry Martell the, the cream of the crop in that class of people? She's, she's tops for the women, for sure. And then, uh, you know, Bobby Heenan was a hell of a worker. Um, all around, I'd say he's the best entertainer. Uh, but Blassie probably long-term um, would get my vote just because he had such a successful wrestling career from, shoot, I want to say the 1950s, uh, you know, on, and then also made his mark in, in wrestling as one of the, the three wise men. So I'd say I'd probably give uh, Blassie overall, uh, you know, wrestler credit myself. Um, Keenan, you know, all around wrestler, announcer, manager, best ever. Uh, but, but Sherry's right there in that ring of honor, in, in my opinion. I don't know if I'm guessing Tommy's in, of the same mindset. Yeah, definitely. Uh, she was fantastic in any role you put her in. And real quickly, Tony, Jay, at the top of the program, you talked about uh, Scary. Don't call him Scary. Man, what awesome – and that was organic also when Beefcake called her Scary Sherry mm-hmm. and just caught on with the audience. And that wound up becoming her nickname, and, and it just – and she just ran with it and ran with any opportunity. Even like when she was with DiBiase, she did a, a fantastic job. She, you know, from when she went from Savage to DiBiase with Shawn Michaels, no matter what role Harlem Heat, no matter what role you put her in, if you go look back at her character, how she transformed her character to be with the guy that she was with. And she did such a good job with that. And knowing her role outside the ring and when to – get involved and when just to stay put and when to say something and when not to say something, she was fantastic. Everyone talks about how Bobby the Brain Heenan was the greatest of all time. He, and he is, and he was, but as far as sensational Sherry goes, man, she wasn't that far behind. Well, she, she was, if you look back at her body of work, she was great at everything she did. Yeah, totally. The, you know, her voice in an announcer role, of course, wasn't uh, wasn't as good, but man, everything else and and she she managed the AWA Tag Champs as uh, uh, Buddy Rose and Doug Summers feuded with the Rockers. She had Buddy Rose and Doug uh, Doug Summers. So I mean, WWF. That's another one of those death blows to AWA taking the top woman talent they had, mm-hmm. um, kind of like they'd taken uh, Bobby Heenan, Gene Okerlund, and Hulk o- Hogan years earlier. So. Awesome stuff, my friends. Very good, Ryan. Thank you so much for kicking off the conversation. So much to unpack on this episode, and we are just scratching the surface. Up next, we're going to visit with, it could be the birthday boy. That's the inside scoop. We're going to go to the firehouse and check in with firefighter Brian. Brian, good morning, sir. Happy birthday, my friend. Thank you, gentlemen. How's everything? Right. Hold on one second. One Yes. Two, three. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Happy birthday, birthday to, to you. you. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, dear fireman. Firefighter Brian. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. To you. Woo! 
Thank you, gentlemen. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Babyface, because if it weren't for you, uh, we wouldn't have all had to hear that just now. Um, <laughs> I, I I think I'd rather have gotten uh, birthday punches, uh, but no, no, on a serious note, uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you, Babyface, for mentioning it. Thank you, Toto and Tom, for telling Babyface. I don't know how you knew, but uh, people have a way of knowing things. Um, he probably saw it on Facebook, but, um, but yes, thank you guys very much. How's everything going? Good. Yeah, we're doing very well. The light and times of sensational Sherry Martell. Chime in, man. Give us your, uh, your memories or thoughts of one of the greatest ever. Okay. Well, you know what, what my favorite memory of Sherry is, and this is from a, uh, a personal standpoint as well. Um, you know, on Saturday morning, wrestling challenge or uh, superstars, whatever it was, she was, and I, I urge people when you can, um, go on YouTube or whatever you use and uh, type Sherry Martell Velvet McIntyre, okay? And I remember watching this match on superstars or whatever it was. And, and Babyface will appreciate this part. On the YouTube um, video, before the match, there's an LJN commercial um, advertising the, the later figures, like the Kamalas and all that. And you see wrestlers standing next to each other that you never thought were anywhere near each other, like uh, Macho Man, Elizabeth, and Kamala. It's, the, the commercial is just surreal. So um, that right there makes the video worth watching. Um, but uh, the match, I, I remember watching this, and my dad wasn't really into wrestling, but he was watching that this match. This match, this was vintage Jerry Martel. First of all, Velvet McIntyre, very underrated uh, women's wrestler. Okay, you're talking about uh, Survivor Series 87 a couple weeks ago. She did an excellent performance. Uh, in the women's match. Uh, you know, the Jumping Bomb Angels won very underrated tag team of that era. Uh, uh, Velvet just did excellent. She was a very good female wrestler. Um, you know, in fact, uh, that week that uh, I co-hosted, uh, Jay and I went over a few topics that, uh, you know, I was thinking about. What I'd like to see you guys do one day is the women of 80s wrestling, because there was quite a uh, great many. And, uh, a lot that, you know, there's just not enough material for a whole show, uh, but should be talked about. You know, the Velvet McIntyres, Combs, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Heidi Lee Morgans, um, you know. I absolutely uh, love that. I listen, I absolutely love that idea. So next sure. week, we, we we already committed next week to do uh, the most shocking moments. I know we have to do our Christmas episode as well, but I definitely want to do the ladies of 80s wrestling. I love that idea, man. Good, good, good. Yeah, I think that'll be an interesting one. Like I said, there's a great many. Today's Sherry's Day. So this match, Velvet McIntyre, Sherry Martell, for the title. Title's on the line. And and I was into it because I loved Velvet, and I wasn't uh, – and Sherry was just so good at getting on your nerves. So I was cheering for Velvet. It was all Velvet McIntyre. She was beating Sherry from pillar to pulse and everywhere in between. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, 
Sherry just all Sherry did was roll velvet up, pull the tights, and get the win. She had one offensive move the whole match, and that was the roll-up. And when the referee counted three, my dad says to me, how do you like that? And that just goes to show how good Sherry was. That was a staple of her. She let her opponent beat her and then end up with the win. And um, as far I, I just want to say, um, you know, as far as her as a manager, when Randy Savage was announcing his new manager, everybody's wondering who the hell it was going to be. And on the Brother Love Show says, and it is sensational. Brother Love says, you mean? He says, yep, sensational Sherry. And at first I'm thinking, you know what? This could be interesting. Personalities that I think would match very well. Um, remember, she's replacing Elizabeth, who didn't talk much, if at all, not much on the charisma department. Now you have a woman who could talk, tremendous amount of charisma. Um, where I think it uh, it hit a little bit of a skid. I wasn't crazy about the whole king and queen thing. I think, you know, it got a little too silly. I think her wardrobe got a little too silly and hid her, a lot of her talents. Um, but you know what? She worked well with Sapphire, which couldn't have been easy. And um, she's, uh, like Matt said last week, very underrated female performer. Um, but again, you know, she's replacing Elizabeth, who was just a fixture with Macho Man. Then she replaced Virgil, who was a fixture with Ted DiBiase. Uh, my favorite of, of our managerial was probably Rick Flair. There weren't too many people who could hang with the nature boy, and she hung really well. She was like a female Ric Flair. And another recommendation is, um, you know, the uh, her Hall of Fame induction. Ted DiBiase did a great job um, inducting her. And then in her speech, she tells a Ric Flair story about how she uh, cost Ric Flair like a grand or something playing bull. But um, And then uh, Ted DiBiase told the story when she met a promoter and he smacked her in the face and she said, is that the best, that's the best you got? And he knew right then and there he had a, a winner in front of him. So, uh, yeah, she was, a, she was a tough one. I heard she was one of the guys more than most of the guys. So um, yeah, she was a, a hell of a uh, hell of a hand, and this was a, a really a really good topic. So uh, definitely a great talker, great uh, great manager, great wrestler, and um, yeah. Anything uh, you guys want to say about anything that I said? Well, I, I got a question for you. I know you are a big time collector, figures and other merchandise. Tommy, you got the wrestling wrestling collector's uh, superstore there. Do either of you guys have any memorabilia, any collectibles uh, of Sherry Martel? Uh, I have her um, classic superstars. I don't think I have the regular uh, figure, but I do have the exclusive, which is a. Uh, Really cool-looking figure. Uh, like I said before, the classic Superstars line may be the best line that WWE ever did, at least under the Jacks label. Um, that was an excellent line. I love how they did the uh, – how they were multi-fat. You know, they just went uh, deep. You know, like guys like Giant Gonzalez, you know, Tank Abbott, um, you know, Johnny Rods. Um 
and the likeness. They looked good too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they looked like. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So I have Sherry Martet. I have Sherry's uh, classic superstar exclusive. Uh, well, what about what about you, Tom? I actually have the original WWF magazine. You, know, you, know, you look in the magazine in the catalog section and the posters that they would sell at the live yeah. events. You can also get off the, the the catalog. I got the the original sensational Sherry Martel poster hanging up at the Rock and Wrestling Collector. So it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, that's is a it, good collector. Is it for yeah. sale? Well, as 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 the million dollar man would say, you know, everybody's got a price. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Firefighter Brian, any big birthday plans other than calling into the show, which we greatly appreciate on your special day? Um, but any big I'm, plans for the rest I'm, of the day? I'm hope I'm hoping a little Applebee's or a little ice cream cake or some pizza, something for you tonight. What's what's it going to be? Oh. Oh, we going ten steps further, baby. You know, listen. You know, firefighter Brian. I can I, I go go big or go home. Okay. Um. Well, uh, I'm off today. You know, I have. Uh, I hardly. Uh, you guys will appreciate this. Years ago, for the first time in years, and I don't think ever since, I worked on my birthday. I said to my mother, "May she rest in peace." She, I said, "Yeah." For the first time in years, I'm working on my birthday. She said, oh, so you're going to celebrate like a normal person working on your birthday. But uh, And I was the only – I haven't well celebrated like a normal person ever since, and I'm proud of it. But uh, now we go into uh, – actually, um, you guys will appreciate this too. My, uh, you know, my father passed away when I was 17, so my father-in-law, he and I uh, have a very good relationship. And, in fact, it's his birthday too. We are 40 years apart to the day. Mm. So, uh, plus, my wife's nephew, his birthday was yesterday. Her other nephew is on Monday. So, we're going to this crazy-ass steakhouse in Long Island tonight. And uh, we are going to go absolutely ballistic. They got uh, this gorgonzola <laughs> bread, best sex in your mouth bread you'll ever have. So, uh, is it, yeah, is it, is it Peter Luther's? Oh, how do you know about Peter Lucas? Because I got class, brother. I know. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, it is on Wikipedia. They sell the steak sauce. No, no, uh, good guess, but no. Um, no, it's a more local place. But uh, next time you guys are around here, let me know. We'll go and we'll uh, we, we'll hit that place like it says something about our mother. Okay. Your, your treat. Your treat. <laughs> yeah, right. Why, why are you getting nervous for it, brother? Huh? Well, I'm not nervous. Oh, <laughs> I'm not yeah. nervous at all. There's nothing for me to be nervous <laughs> about. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, what, what was I going to say? Let me just say before I go, as far as that poster being for sale, listen, t- for the right price, Tommy will sell you anything you want in that store. <laughs> so uh, Absolutely. he'll sell you the damn WrestleFest uh, arcade. So... <laughs> Absolutely. Well, listen, guys, I'm sure you guys got some other callers. Thanks for helping make uh, my birthday a good one. Babyface, thanks for the shout-out. Totowa, thanks for telling them. I can't believe I'm thanking you for something. But, uh, (laughs) hey, guys, hey, and Totowa, great suggestion for a topic. I've been thinking about, I've already got quite a, there were quite a few of those, uh, 
mm-hmm. incident. So looking forward to next week and looking forward to women of wrestling. And uh, listen, guys, have a good one, and I'll uh, hopefully talk to you next week. Sounds good, Brian. Thank you so much, man. All right, brother. All right, God bless. All right, yeah, there we go. The... Before listen, before we go to the next caller, I just want to let you know that it is currently snowing pretty heavy out right now in uh, Stockholm, New Jersey, where the wrestling collector is at. I'm sorry, well, the listen, Rocket my, Wrestling Collector. Listen, my my heart goes out for you because we are sitting here on December the seventh, and I have no snow in my yard in Central Minnesota. And this time last year, brother, we were running out of places to put it all. We had the snowiest winter in the history of Minnesota last year. And so I'm thrilled to be looking out at my front yard and seeing grass. How, is this your first snowfall there in New Jersey? I, I mean, it's, it's, flur- it's flurried up here a couple of times. I'm, uh, the, the rock and wrestling collector is up on the, up on the mountain all the way up in North Jersey. So up here that up here where it snowed down by where I live, which is a half hour away, it usually doesn't, but yeah, this is the most, uh, this is the most I've seen it so far. So, uh, Anyone that loves snow, you can come up to Stockholm, New Jersey right now and shop and look at the snow at the same time. That's right. Half off all the Al snow figures as it snows outside. Yeah. I can't say that. That's probably not the deal. but uh, No, no, no. Something, I, absolutely. Something I have a few about. of them. Half off of all Al snow figures today. <laughs> there you go. I just read his autobiography. It's a darn good read, so I may have to uh, order a figure uh, over the, the interweb this morning and take advantage of that deal. Up ne- Or it might be in-store only. I See, I shouldn't be assuming stuff. Up next. I know. I, I, could, I could ship for you. <laughs> All right. Well, I might have to text you after this and see what you got in stock. Up next, we're talking to a good friend of the show. Haven't heard his friendly voice in a while. It's Jason from Texas, Chicago native. Probably excited to have CM Punk back uh, in the WWE. But Jason, good morning, sir. Welcome to the Sherry Martell conversation. Hey, guys. How are you? Long time no talk. That's been my fault, but that's life with a one-and-a-half-year-old and a kindergartner. So uh, busy, busy, no but, doubt. <laughs> uh, and uh, Tommy, just to let you know, it's apparently going to be 72 degrees today here in the Dallas area. So um, no <laughs> nice. snow for me. Awesome. Jason, do you miss it's it great. being from Chicago? Yeah, I do kind of miss a little bit of the, you know, up until Christmas. Anything post Christmas, I was ready yeah. for spring training, baseball, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah. and uh, you know, after after listening to Firefighter Brian just now, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I kind of want to have a steak and and a few drinks with him, and <laughs> not only because it's his birthday, but just it just sounds like it would be a blast. Listen, he is he's a character. What does he always say? Every day's a Friday, and every night's a Friday night, something like that. He likes to he likes to have a good time. He kind of sounds like the Ric Flair of your caller lineup. <laughs> I would say that's a fair assessment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sherry Martell. So um, I started watching wrestling probably like, say, you know, 87, 88, that time frame. I was probably six, seven years old. And so all I really knew of Sherry was as a manager because uh, when she was wrestling and, and women's champion and such, I was – probably too young to pay attention. Now I've seen some of her matches and things, you know, obviously as an adult since then going back and watching things, but you cannot discount the amount of, you know, the quote unquote heel heat that she could generate Mm -hmm. as a manager, especially when she was paired 
with some of the all-time greats, right? I mean, you're talking about Randy Savage, Ted DiBiase, HBK, um, Ric Flair, um, Booker T, right, Harlem Heat. Um, I know she was with Tatanka for a short time and, and, you know, a few others, Shane Douglas and ECW and that sort of thing. But, you know, you're talking about some of the greatest heels of all time that she was affiliated with. And, I mean, she could, you know, hang out with them and be as big a star as all of them um, in interviews on TV and all that sort of thing. I was not – I was kind of confused and really – I don't know, I guess puzzled and annoyed <laughs> when they turned her face uh, with uh, the Marty Jannetty HBK mirror incident uh, in 93. But I think that, you know, they quickly realized that that probably wasn't the right thing to do. And then, you know, she subsequently, you know, went to WCW and went back to being a heel. But um, I think it was just interesting that, you know, you have these guys that were already tremendous talkers, right? Randy Savage, Ted DiBiase, et cetera. But then you put her with them, and all it did was enhance them further and get them additional heat that they didn't even need a manager for. But once they had her there, they went from being, you know, heels to dastardly heels, the kind of, you know, heel heat that, um, you know, that, that Roman only gets because Paul Heyman's with him, you know, that kind of thing. And it just goes to show you the kind of talent that she had on a mic but she also obviously could be physical with the face wrestlers at the time, um, you know, help cheat so that her guys would get the win. And it was just perfect how that happened. Now, I will tell you this. The one thing that uh, that, I, that stands out in my mind for whatever reason, and it could just be because I was, you know, 10 years old and, and I was used to seeing her in weird clothing and weird makeup and stuff, but at the 1991 Royal Rumble, they had an interview segment between her and the Ultimate Warrior before his match with Sergeant Slaughter for the belt. And she came out dressed in a nice white dress and had no funny makeup on her face or anything, just looked very normal. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, Sherry looks nice. <laughs> it could have just been the 10-year-old in me starting to figure out things with the uh, with the females there. But uh, it, was, it was pretty interesting. And I remember uh, thinking to myself, um, man, if she was like that all the time, you know, I might actually like Sherry a little bit more, but, uh, that was something totally different because I was so used to her just being in crazy makeup, crazy outfits, all that kind of stuff. So, um, I know I kind of rambled on a little bit and I know you got other callers, so I'll let you guys, uh, comment and, and get going on that, but, uh, good topic. And I really can't wait to call in next week because there's definitely some shocking moments I'd like to chime in about. Yeah, and I look forward to your awesome, you weighing in then. I got to ask you, just because you're a Chicago native, were you watching when CM Punk returned uh, at the last uh, pay-per-view for the WWE? Yeah, I sure was. Um, you know, I I, I kind of was like everybody else. You know, I see the, the, um, the logo shot at the bottom of the screen. They're celebrating. Cody's music's playing, and I'm sitting there like, all right, well, Maybe it's just not going to happen this time, or maybe, you know, they, they decided that it uh, wasn't worth the risk or whatever to bring him back. And then all of a sudden you hear that music hit, and <laughs> my mouth probably was hanging to the floor, and my wife, who, you know, she'll sit there and she's not going to, like, she's not really a fan, but she'll sit there and tolerate it, I guess. Um, 
she looks at me and she's like, who's that? And I'm like, oh, you just don't know yet, honey. So I had to kind of explain to her who he is, what he's all about and all that. And uh, I think it'll be good because I think, you know, to Triple H's point, you know, it's been 10 years. I think that everybody, you know, grows and improves mm-hmm. and matures a little bit over time. And um, I think he realizes that his legacy is on the line at this point and he's going to have no choice but to, you know, behave a little bit you know, play ball the right, the correct way. And um, hopefully they'll give him a nice run um, to close out his career or however long he feels like doing it. That's a very Listen, fair real quick, point. Before you, well before, you, before, you, before you jump off, uh, since you are from Chicago, uh, let me let me chime in on that real quick. And I am excited as well for uh, next week's episode. Anyone out there listening right now, next week will be the most shocking moments in pro wrestling history. So it doesn't have to be just, 80. So bring your best ones next week. I mean, right off the top of my head, obviously this is one of them. Um, when Eric Bischoff showed up on Monday Night Raw, just to give you guys an idea, we're talking about all the moments, not just 1980. So the most shocking moments in pro wrestling history next week here on the podcast. Real quickly about CM Punk, I wanted to chime in. So I, you know, I, I, I run a wrestling promotion i do wrestling conventions i am at a wrestling store every day all day so i don't really typically watch believe it or not the, the pay-per-view just because my entire life is wrestling but i do watch royal rumble obviously survivor series SummerSlam, you know wrestlemania the the, the, the big big ones I, I i always make sure that i watch so i was going to watch survivor series no matter what anyway but I will say that with the speculation of CM Punk returning at that Survivor Series, that it really it piqued my interest, and 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 I tuned in. Like I said I would have tuned in anyway, but I was tuning in to see that, and just being a viewer at home watching it, and the way they did it, where you know the 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 send off logo was at the bottom of the screen, and the and the the the, the camera shot was far away already. And then right at that very split second when the pay-per-view is going off the air and when his music hit. And I got to tell you, as, as someone that is involved doing stuff creatively with wrestling, as, you know, with, you know, coming up with storyline and dance stuff like that for my own independent wrestling promotion, the way they did that, man, was so perfect. Like, you couldn't have done that more perfectly if you tried. So my hat is off. WWE for the way they did it. My hat is off to WWE for everything they're doing re- recently, to be honest with you, because they are super, super, super red hot. When you have that many guys that are as over as those guys are right now, and, and it's 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 far past, you know, Roman Reigns. I mean, you got, you got Jay Uso, who is crazily one of, if not the most popular guy in the whole company right now. It's crazy how organically some things work sometimes, but it's not just him too. You got LA Knight who just came up or, you know, came up without any really major push behind them. You know, you have, you know, you have Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens who are, are still red hot. You have Randy Orton that just came back. He's super red hot. You know, you have, uh, you know, the judgment day. They're all, they're all hot right now. I mean, there's so many, there's so many different, uh, over characters, which is a great thing because back in the day during the Attitude Era when everyone was over, it, it made for better business, right? So with Punk coming back, sorry that I got out of uh, my train of thought there for a second, but 
Hello, Jason, are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. I, I was listening can, to Can you hear Tommy? You dropped off. Okay, I think Tommy dropped no. off. Yeah, so uh, yeah. Well, Jason, you, thank you know, for calling in, man. Yeah, real quick, I'll just follow up on what he was saying. I, I, I think that the best part of the whole thing of having so many over people right now in WWE is that it gives them a better quality of life, right? It allows them to miss a few Raws or SmackDowns or whatever here or there, and the fans don't really miss them because everybody else that's there is still so popular and still so over. So you can get somebody, you know, for example, there's quite a few Australian superstars right now, Rhea Ripley, Bronson Reed, et cetera, right, Uh, Grayson Waller. You know, so some of them, you know, who live very, very far away from home, they could take a couple weeks off at a time every once in a while and go home and that sort of thing. And that's so different than it was in the 80s, 90s, et cetera, where they were on the road 300-plus days a year, right? Mm -hmm. So things like that are a a huge benefit. And bringing a guy like Punkin only further enhances that ability to do that sort of thing. So I think that's pretty awesome that – that they're able to do that, and everybody is the storylines and everything since Triple H took over uh, have been amazing. Yeah, you know that's a very good yeah, point. Yeah, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes said that you know CM Punk is welcome back as long as he can contribute, and the way you just laid that out, Jason, you can contribute in more ways than one. You're adding to the superstar list, and so yeah, people can be off television, and you don't necessarily miss them because there's so much more going on that. Uh, that you're just kind of excited to see what is on your screen. That's a very good point. Before we let you go, do you think in any way his return taking place on the same night as Randy Orton's return, did that cheapen Randy Orton's return in any sort of way in your mind? Or you think, no, they're both back and that's just fantastic. No, only because they announced Randy Orton was coming back before Survivor Series. I think if they would not have said that and they would have had, both of them just be surprises, it would have cheapened it for me. Sure. But I knew Randy was going to be there, so I was like, all right, at the very least, it's Survivor Series. It's one of the original, you know, big four, and Randy Orton's making his return. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. If Punk shows up, it's a huge bonus. And then, don't forget, we also got our truth making a return, right? I mean, you know, his (laughs) comedic value cannot be... Cannot be, um, it cannot be overstated. So, you know, it's all Very good, good man. But I'll let you go. I know you got other callers. We still haven't heard uh, from some of our other familiar friends. So talk to you guys right. soon. All right? Take care. Sounds good, Jason. Thank you so much. And there we had a little preview of next week's episode, you know, that hell froze over most shocking moments as we uh, reminisce about the return of CM Punk at Survivor Series. But the conversation today is all about the sensational Sherry Martell, great discussion so far. We're going to keep it rolling on the Rock and Wrestling Slam line as we hear from our friend to the north, who I'm guessing, Tommy, maybe has more snow than New Jersey at this point in the year, but we'll find out. It's time to connect with our friend David from Canada. David, good morning, sir. Welcome to the Sherry Martell conversation. Hello, guys. It's great to talk to you. It's been a while. Hey, hey man, what's from going you too. on? So uh, no, I don't think we we have like no snow like any like I, I'm looking out the window right now. There's a little bit of snow on the ground, but by the time the day is over, it'll probably all be melted. There, is that normal right. for you? Because I was just telling Tommy we don't have any snow in Minnesota yet, which is kind of you know unusual, but I love it. Uh, is that normal for you guys too to be without snow on December uh, the ninth here, the seventh? Excuse me. 
Yeah, I'd say maybe like kind of like half the time. It's uh, okay. you know, because like usually when winter really hits, it's January. You know, January, February are the months in at this part of Canada that we really get the snow. Um, and I'd say like, you know, like for having a white Christmas, it's like hmm, I don't know, fifty. Like yeah, about fifty percent of the time maybe. All right. In memory. Very good. Um, good to know. Yeah. So talking about uh, Sherry Martel, I think this is kind of like, you know. Be, one of the success stories, is, is at least I like to call it, of the, of the territories, right? And and sort of really cutting her te- cutting her teeth in the AWA uh, before she got to the WWF, right? And I, I think that's kind of sort of a testament to that organization and the amount of people that you know that came out of there, right? When you look at somebody like, you know, like Hulk Hogan obviously came out of there as well, right? But like how she, you know, went there and she was wrestling and she kind of really learned the business. I would say, like, I mean, I know she had other experiences before that, but I feel like that's kind of where she cut her teeth, uh, you know, and made the connections, right? Where she she got, you know, connections with like Jesse Ventura and, you know, Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, right? Larry Zbysko and all these people. And by doing that, you know, and having that training gives her the ability to move on to the WWF and then, you know, make the name for herself, you know, that she did, right? And how and everything she did with that, right? Continuing, obviously, into, you know, the 90s as well, you know. That's a very good point. You got to wonder, you know, those those wrestlers, those talents that grow up together in a promotion like the AWA away from you know, the the global icon that is now the WWE, once somebody from that group makes it into the World Wrestling Federation and you hear rumblings in the back that we're looking for a good female talent, it's very easy for them to say, well, we worked with Sherry Martell in AWA and get brought up that way. It's very interesting to me how the paths in life crisscross and kind of become full circle. I just watched the documentary on Paul Bear on the the WWE Network, and, you know, back when he was Percy Pringle, he had a run-in with The Undertaker back when he was known as Texas Red, and you would never figure out that those guys would go on to have such a big impact in one another's lives and careers, and same thing with Sherry Martell and that whole group of people that came from the AWA. I think that's a very good point you raised, David. Thanks. Yeah, but, I mean, great, and, I mean, I'm obviously my – my memory of Sherry Martel is always her with Shawn Michaels and singing Sexy Boy. Like, for whatever reason, that's what, you know, uh, stands out with me. Or when she did the, the bit with, um, you know, Kurt Angle and the Sexy Kurt, so uh, which she did too, right? Like, I always remember that. But, uh, you know, a great, a great uh, manager, a great talent, and, you know, someone who definitely deserves the props, any props that they get. Now, now, very well real, said. Real quick, let, let me jump in real quick now. I don't know if you know this, Jay. But I know that we, we refer to David as, you know, the caller. How, how do you refer to him, the caller that's so much better, that knows so much Listen, more he's than the, you? He's, like yeah, he's so, much more, so many more talents than you from a country that's so much better than ours, David from Canada. Okay. Well, let it's me, a lot, let me tell it's you a lot to put on a T-shirt. Yes, but listen, I, I, I've, 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 been, I, I've gotten breaking news that he's the boy toy up there in uh, Canada as well. He's got ladies all over the place. The Canadian. I don't, I, I don't know if my wife would uh, would like to hear that. Does she listen to the show? <laughs> uh, no, she does not listen to the show. So, so then we never know, know, right? You never know when somebody's listening. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> 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 
David, thank also, you so much for uh, calling in and weighing in, no, no, brother. Real, real, real quick, did you did you prefer? Now you said you 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 remember her most when she was with Shawn Michaels, or, or your your best memories. So you preferred her as a as a valet then over a performer as far as in the ring. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's yes because that's my memory of her, right? And growing up is is her as a valet, and that so that's you know I know she had some obviously she had talent as a wrestler too, but my association with her and my memories from with her are as a valet, and therefore that's sort of where I I go with right, and feel like yeah, no, that her it, it, biggest well, contribution yeah. to the business was as a valet. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. And I also think, too, like, even if, and real quick, since we got you on, even if she was around today still, like, I can see her definitely because she had that spunky personality where, you know, she was very outgoing, right? So I, I could have seen her, and I'm sure you guys too, she probably would have been a part of, like, all, like, the WWE Network documentaries and Peacock series and stuff like that. I, I would be very curious to see what she would be doing if she would still be in the business in 2023, what do you guys think? Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, I think she's one of those personalities that comes across well on camera. She knows the industry. I think it was one of the callers said she was one of the boys, sometimes even more than some of the boys were. It's a tough industry for anybody, but she seemed to really have it in her system. And so I think she would have been very good at any role they put her in. And she's one of those talents where if you did have a time machine, you could probably drop her into today's product in her prime, and she probably wouldn't skip a beat. I think she could hang with today's women's wrestlers, and I think she could uh, just really still capture the, the attention of the audience if you dropped her into today's product. Yeah, I agree with that 100%, Jay. I agree. Fantastic. Danny, thank you so much. Or David, Danny's on hold. David, thank you so many much. Name, many talents, Canada. many names, you know. Many names. The sexy boy from <laughs> Canada. David, thank you, brother. All right. Take care, guys. All right. You too, my friend. All right. Yes. I, I said his name early, but here he is. Danny from Butler chiming in on the career of the sensational Sherry Martell. Danny, good morning, sir. Tommy, Jumpin' Jay, always a pleasure. Uh, um, good, wonderful topic uh, today on uh, Sherry Martell. You know, like, a, you know, a true trailblazer when it came to uh, women in professional wrestling. You know, she, you know, was as tough as they come. You know, like you said, she was definitely one of the, one of the boys, especially in the locker room. They respected her. She earned her respect. Um, you know, you know, one thing about her, man, like I said, I look at, you know, all these years back, you know, looking at her as a kid growing up, whether it was in the ring, whether she was uh, next to the macho man, you know, million dollar man or Shawn Michaels, whatever it might be, something about her, there was always, I, I, if I had to choose between all the, the women wrestlers that I grew up watching and you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, go a little off topic. If I had, if I, and I'm, I'm hoping my wife ain't listening to this. If I had to choose one woman to have one affair with, it would be such sensational, <laughs> Sherry. I know I'm a little off topic, but there was something about her. She, whether whether she was scary, Sherry or not, the the woman she was sexy. I don't care what you say. She was tough. She could do it in the ring. She was a tremendous manager. She was an all-around talent, one of the greats of all time. And, you know, like I said, I think whoever she worked with, 
she definitely enhanced. I, you know, I loved her with, with Macho, but you know, I think she kind of you definitely helped Sean elevate. He went out on his own and he let him start. They they definitely made a, a, a tremendous pairing. You know, just uh, you know thinking about you know her. You know, she you know uh, was she the one that ultimately ended uh, the Moolah's reign? I'm not 100 percent sure. But she, uh, she definitely was a, you know, she had a nice run as the, the women's champion. And, uh, you know, just a, like a tremendous, uh, I think she was, like, a, well, like I said earlier, tremendous trailblazer in uh, women's uh, professional uh, wrestling history. You got a lot of, I'm sure a lot of the females getting into the business definitely looked up to her. You know, like I said, it was just uh, all-around talent, one of the greats of all time, definitely a legend in my opinion. I can't agree more. Now, listen, real quick uh, before you go, Danny. So, Jay, he's been Danny from Butler here on the podcast for probably at least two years now, right? Danny from Butler. And, he, you know, so every now and again, I mean, especially in the wrestling business, you have to, you have to change character sometimes, right? You have to change gimmicks. So after hearing today's call from Danny from Butler <laughs> – I think it's very fitting that going forward here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast, that he is no longer to be referred to as Danny from where he is now to be referred to as Boy Toy Danny. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I like that one. Uh, I, don't, I don't think uh, I, I, uh, I could uh, take that away from uh, Shawn Michaels. Uh, but like I said, I definitely like the – I definitely like that gesture. It's a, you know, I, I've got to call a spade a spade. There was, like I said, since I was a kid, definitely growing up, there was always something about Sherry Martell, whether she had the paint. I mean, you, you, I don't care. You call her scary Sherry or whatnot. She was hot. I don't care what they say. I, I'll take her over any female superstar from today or, or you know, whatever, the Divas era, whatever you want to call it. You know, she could, you know, I, I, that's one I could hang with any time. If I had to choose one to hang with, it would have been Sherry. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Very brother. Well, listen, man. Great talking to you today, man. Next week, get your topic ready. Uh, we're going to do the most shocking moments in professional wrestling history. So it's going to be a real fun episode next week here on the podcast, man. We look forward to connecting with you next week. Guys, guys always, a, always a pleasure. Always uh, look forward, you know, especially whenever I have a chance to chime in uh, to talk to you guys. It's uh, always a fun going back in time, and uh, I'll definitely be looking forward to you guys. You guys uh, stay safe, and uh, have a great weekend. Hey, you too, Danny. You too, man. Thank, Thank you so much. Brother. Well, I tell you what, Tommy, after those comments from Danny from Butler, I think you can put a sold sign on that Sherry Martell poster you got hanging up in the wrestling collector. <laughs> yes, I think you're right. I, I, listen, I have a great, I have a great idea. Maybe we can have, um, maybe we can have uh, uh, Sherry manage uh, Zeus, Zeus Undertaker. Listen, listen, don't think it didn't escape my mind because Sherry was heavily involved in the Zeus feud with Hogan and Brutus that yes, she would not be the perfect manager for Zeus Taker here on the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you said it wrong. It's Zeus Undertaker. Zeus Undertaker. Excuse Yeah, Zeus Undertaker. That's fantastic. <laughs> hey, also, listen, we, we didn't make mention that Sensational Sherry was also Peggy Sue. 
with the hunky tonk. Yes. We did not yes. pay attention to that here on the, on the episode today. Uh, awesome topic, man. And, and, and listen, and, you know, you know what I realized too, a couple of our callers knew about next week's topic already, which I think is a, is, is a great thing. So going forward, do it. we're definitely let you guys know what the episode is for the following week. Cause it seems like people are excited about knowing the topics in advance. So, uh, maybe we can even do a, a schedule of upcoming uh, topics that let people uh, know everything that's coming up. But real quickly, before we end today's podcast, let's tell you a couple quick personal stories I have of my interactions with Sensational Sherry. I had her at two of my uh, wrestling conventions in the past. One of them I remember was the day before WrestleMania 20 uh, at uh, – a tribute to WrestleMania one convention at the holiday Inn in totally New Jersey. I remember her being there. She was super cool. And uh, another convention she was at as well as mine. And then I remember going down to NWA legend fan fest in North Carolina. We had a table, we were promoting our upcoming, uh, uh convention. And I actually, uh, went out to dinner with her, the rock and roll express, uh, a couple other local independent wrestlers and, and a couple other guys I knew down there. And man, she was so cool. She was so, um, she was so a, a lot like several fans, uh, especially because being in that area for the weekend, you know, people from all over were coming. So even when you went to the local restaurants down there, like it was a lot of wrestling fans in there because everyone was down there for the weekend. So when I went out to eat dinner with her and the rock and roll express, like those, those guys got, I mean, you had people every minute or two coming up to the table asking, the, you know, for autographs and taking pictures. And she was so friendly and nice and accommodating with everyone. Uh, that's that's something I vividly remember of just how uh, down to earth and how cool and friendly she was to everyone that came up to her. And everyone that was also with her at that table, uh, how she would uh, she would just, you know, get everyone involved in the conversation. She was very, very friendly and very, very nice. Uh, and, and her career, man, was fantastic. Like, like we said earlier, everyone talks about Bobby the Brain Heenan as the greatest manager of all time overall with, you know, his, you know, promos and his bumping and his talking and everything like that. And he is, uh, I think Sherry doesn't get enough credit for just how good she is, just how many big roles she was involved in. I mean, from Hulk Hogan to Randy Savage to Ted DiBiase to, you know, like you said, she was a big part of that no holds barred thing that they did, the match, the movie. I mean, there's so many different things that Sherry was. Shawn Michaels, the, the coming up of Shawn Michaels, uh, Ric Flair. You know, there's so many different uh, big moments and memories that she was a part of, man. I think that she's someone that is extremely grossly underrated as far as her contributions uh, to the wrestling business. Yeah, it's interesting. Anytime we talk about overrated or underrated or, you know, thought of in the correct lighting, it's weird that names like Sherry Martell are underrated. I agree with you. She is. But when you look at the impact she had, one is a, is a women's wrestler, three-time AWA champion. And uh, as a couple callers pointed out, she's the one that beat the fabulous Moolah for the WWE title when she debuted uh, back in the 80s in the World Wrestling Federation. And that's just her in-ring performer career. I think, at least to me, and I know it's, it's because of my age and when I was watching wrestling, but she is much more well-known in my mind for being that manager 
alongside Macho Man, alongside Ted DiBiase, HBK, Ric Flair, Harlem Heat. And, just, and to think that uh, it'd be, you'd be a superstar, you'd be in a Hall of Famer just to have one half of her career. Her in-ring career was phenomenal. That could be someone's whole career. And her managerial career, just as phenomenal. That could be someone's career. The fact that she was able to excel at both at such a high level and to sit here and go, maybe she's not talked of enough, it's kind of sad. Like, yeah, she should be talked about much more for the influence she's had, not just on women's wrestling, but just on performers. She was an out-there character. And if you paired her with somebody less flamboyant as Macho Man or HBK, she might have overshadowed them. But instead, she complimented them because they were already out their characters. And so she just ratcheted up a notch instead of overshadowing her them. So I think, yeah, I think she should be given much more credit, talked about much more often than she is. And I also think while you're just saying that, I think that she, without question, because she was involved in these big storylines and programs when she moved on the show, Michael's, in my opinion, and on this opinion, I think it's a fact, is she elevated Shawn Michaels by working with him because she was much higher on the cards than he was at that time. So this is a perfect example of lending credibility to somebody, right? So I think that when Sherry was paired with Shawn Michaels, she definitely lent him uh, a ton of credibility because he went from this being this, you know, mid-card, no disrespect, tag team wrestler, because he was, uh, to being now this, uh, spotlighted singles heel who has this established uh, performer and character who is now on the out, is outside of her realm because you're only used to seeing Sherry in these main event angles and main event storylines. Now she's paired with someone completely different. It, 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 it's, it's just like I said at the top of the show, I have uh, Andy Weinberg with Ray Kalitri, right? So it's just, it's an odd pairing, right? But sometimes odd pairings if they if they stand out right and it, and it gets attention, so I think that uh, when Sherry went with Shawn Michaels originally, it was definitely something that people weren't expecting to see, and I think it really helped elevate Shawn Michaels to that next level because of of Sherry having so much credibility. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think it gave him that instant rub of credibility, and I think when you pair a new single star with somebody of Sherry's caliber as a fan it subconsciously makes you know, oh, I got to focus on this guy. They're doing something with this character. It's, it's important because it's got this pairing with it now. And so, yeah, I think that's a very good point from the promoter's brain, Tommy Fierro. Yeah, man. Well, listen, that was a really fun episode today. Uh, I really enjoyed it, actually. I, I love hearing uh, – I, I love doing uh, episodes on the careers of different guys because especially people have done a lot of things. You get a lot of different perspectives, so I'm looking forward to doing more of these type of episodes in the future. And like I said, next week we're going to be talking about the most shocking moments in pro wrestling history. And uh, obviously, I'm assuming that the CM Punk one it has to be uh, from this uh, from a couple of weeks back. The Survivor Series has to be in there. Um, shocking moments. I mean, I mean, I'm not giving you. I'm not doing. I'm just doing more of a preview. Of anything when Hulk Hogan uh, was the third member of the NWO when. Scott Hall originally showed up to WCW. I mean, there's so many uh, different shocking moments when, you know, Hulk Hogan was turned on by Andre the Giant at Piper's Pit. Tons of fun stuff to talk about next week here on the podcast. I'm looking forward to it. Jumping Jay, I hope you and your family have a great weekend out there in Minnesota. Uh, The Giants are actually playing Monday night uh, this this week, Jay. So I'm going to have a 
I'm have a peaceful Sunday, uh, hopefully. Uh, my Monday night might not be, but uh hope you guys have a great weekend, and we'll catch you here next week on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.